JSA Clicks Podcast, the show where we discuss high-level competitive, casual, and everything in between. Your host is Jay Solomon, and now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. This is the JSA Clicks Podcast. Today, we're doing an episode where we just sort of chat about stuff that we've been playing recently in the meta. We discuss the competitive hero clicks environment today, as well as alternate formats also today. I'm going to talk a little bit about the weird 400-point silver tournament that Emily and I went down to. I'm your host, Devin Owens. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jay. Uh, yeah, for some reason, I'm here. <laughs> and Azareth. Hey, what's up? All right. So, yeah, what order do we want to uh, chat things in? This is going to be a pretty informal but informal episode. Uh, um, how do you go over that, so the, the tournament that uh, Joe put on? Yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah, sense to do it. We should do the tournament. We can talk about the, the weird alternate first. format before, <laughs> before, we <laughs> before talk about the, all the standard the format stuff. Because there's yeah. like a bunch of stuff we want to talk about for the standard format. So let's get <laughs> it the only thing that we care about about <laughs> this <laughs> weird 400-point silver format out of the way first. Yeah, so uh, Emily and I went down to um, near Rochester, New York to play in Joe's Clicks Nexus 20th Anniversary Tilt. Um, it was a really great tournament. He found a good venue for it, provided food, which is things a thing that more tournaments should do. I hate just being like absolutely starving in the middle of the day. And they're like, you can leave in this 20 minute gap that we have with where the closest restaurant is 15 minutes away. That was what was so great about PJ's event. It was literally like yeah. in, a, in a hall that served food. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. It's not a thing that a ton of tournaments do, but it is very nice when it happens. Um, he wanted to run a sort of different format, so he ran Silver Age uh, with 200 points that had to not be modern, and 200 points that could be modern but could be silver. You could play 400 of entirely silver figures if you wanted, but 200 of them. It's a nice way to break up that monotony, silver. since most silver teams are just primarily modern anyway. Right? Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, what do you actually want to play out of silver, other than? Uh, Colossals, which is mostly what I played out of silver. Uh, and, IDs. <laughs> and IDs. Yeah. Yeah. So this only, so it only applied to things that were on your main force because it only applied to things that cost points. It was just 200 points of your build had to be silver. So if stuff was on your sideline, it was irrelevant. Um, technically, you theoretically could have gotten around it by playing an X-Men spot. I think, uh, where yep. like you just had a bunch of silver X-Men and swapped into non, but nobody did that because that would have been like, Against the spirit the point, of the, the right? format. <laughs> um, in fact, I had an X-Men swap that swapped into more silver figures than were on my starting force. <laughs> <laughs> all of my all of my possible swaps, except Leech, were silver figures. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I won the tournament. Um, I went undefeated on the day, played Emily in the finals, which was awesome. Getting to go down and play the person that you traveled with in in the finals specifically is always nice. In The, first the only year, round that is not so nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, three Canadians were there, uh, Emily and I and Dan Smith, uh, who's from Ottawa. And we were three of the top four and only lost to each other. So Canadian uh, continue their dominance of showing up to New York events <laughs> after a couple of years. Um, the previous New York events that we showed up to were like a WKO that Tom won. And then New York States before that, where Tom J and I were 
three of the top four. So we're going to. You guys were, were then infused in the power of, of the New York tournaments to then win your own nationals. <laughs> then continue the, the yeah, New York that's way. fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I played uh, a team that has way too many game elements, um, especially way too many game elements because Emily and I, uh, neither of us have a car. So we took a Greyhound bus and transporting this many two by twos on a Greyhound bus was uh, quite difficult. So I played four Fast Forces Giant Girls. Um, if you haven't read Fast Forces Giant Girl in a while, it turns out that she's a lot better now yeah. because she has close combat expert, which at the time didn't really do anything unless you were making costage attacks against Colossals. Now it's passive. So she's an 11 and three for 10 points that can retaliate after something else has already retaliated. Yeah, instead of that 10-2 on the retail. Exactly. 11-3 and 3 is a really big upgrade to 10-2. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for a reason I'll talk about in a while, my giant girls were frequently 12-4 and 4 on the retail, um, which was really, really mean. Uh, and the change to great size isn't irrelevant. No, no. I mean, yeah, not as relevant, but definitely still relevant. They... They don't take very many costed actions, but it came up. It came up more for the rest of my Colossals. <laughs> um, yeah, so played four of those. Uh, they're on the team largely to body block and also are some of the best offense that the team generates, which is pretty good for 10 points a piece. Because they can uh, also retail after somebody else has already retail. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I was also playing uh, the Swap Professor X with uh, Venom Magneto and Dazzler on the main force to swap out. Um, Dazzler was there to give shield team ability. Venom Magneto was there because I needed a 35-point figure, and he was a 35-point figure that I owned and also was part of <laughs> one possible swap. What a fucking flex. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> I really, when I, when I originally was planning it, I didn't have the leech sideline swap. And I was like, what if I put Venom Magneto on my team as a 35-point X-Men figure that I never leave on the map? <laughs> well, because when uh, you have a whole bunch of characters that can't be TK'd, Venom Magneto is a lot worse. Exactly. Yeah, fortunately, he's very good at moving Leech around, so he ended yes. up being useful even outside of that. But uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, so just those three, just a 95-point um, swap. Uh, the two possible swaps for that were Cyclops Sentinel. Uh, so my four figures on the sideline for it were Cyclops Sentinel, Leech, the 2x2 two two Super Rare Iceman, because he was the cheapest figure that I could find that fit the <laughs> requirements, and Dark Phoenix. Um, so my two swaps were to either all three of them out in Cyclops Sentinel, Iceman, Dark Phoenix, or uh, just Professor X and Dazzler out and in Leech and Dark Phoenix. Um, and in that case, I also had the spin ring and Venom Magneto got equipped with the spin ring. So he moves forward carrying Leech, places him, spins him one away, and then free TKs him, um, which is a pretty great way of getting That's Leech slick. Down. Yeah, it was fun. Wow. <laughs> um, the rest of my main force, uh, two 2x2 two two Magnetos. Um, so spin and 2x2 two two Magneto have the effect of you can place something adjacent to a square that it's currently in. That's especially good with Colossals, which people used with Hellfire Club a lot when this was in Modern. But uh, now um, I'm just playing it on Unthemed, and that allows you to move your Colossals too effectively because you don't have to like pick a square like you do when moving or um, shooting because the rules don't say that. So you just get to place them in their back in a square that was adjacent to their front. Yep. It basically gives your colossal sidestep. 
many sidesteps. <laughs> yeah, many, many sidesteps. Yeah, so that helped my mobility a lot for my Cyclops Sentinel that I already mentioned, and for the real linchpin of the team, the Phoenix Sentinel, which uh, was what this entire team was built around. Basically, Joe announced that the um, Ellie's that were released at Canadian Nationals would be legal for his event, and I was like, I kept my Phoenix Sentinel. I have to justify having kept it and not sold it. <laughs> so I might as well play it. Despite... Yeah, exactly. Jake kept trying to convince me to sell it. I was like, no, I'll play it. That'll prove that I was right to keep it. <laughs> um, and uh, Phoenix Sentinel is really good. Um, so he's 75 points with nine range, double target psychic blast, and his power says when you use psych- when you make a ranged attack for each hit character deal one penetrating damage to each character that shares a keyword within three squares. Um, a lot of damage. Yeah, so even if it was just choose one hit character, it would be okay. You know, it'd be fine. It'd be be a lot like Cyclops Sentinel. Sentinel. Cyclops Sentinel was already playable. That'd be fine. But it says each. (laughs) So there are are a bunch of interesting things you can do with this. The two main ones that I made use of are he has two targets. You don't have to assign damage to somebody for them to be hit. So you can target two people. One of them is some one-click retaliator or something, and the other one is something that you can actually deal damage to. You deal all three to the one, and then you deal one penetrating to everything within three of the other one. So that whole, you know, all of their colossals that are gathered at the back of the map blow up, and you also deal some damage to something you actually wanted to deal damage to. The other one is that the Storm ID has energy explosion as its inspiration, and it says each hit character... Um, so you can just hit like six characters pretty easily and just explode. How many times did you get to do that? Uh, it came, so it came up twice. I only did it twice. Um, there was one more game where the team that my opponent was playing would have been killed by it, but they focused their entire effort on killing Phoenix Sentinel. (laughs) That's fair. Which, yeah, I mean, it, it made total sense. Um, but Does he the, also the have running one, shot? Yeah, yeah, he has running shot, he has nine range, uh, and for reasons I'll talk about in a bit, he was usually 12 range for me. So he could oh. get across the entire map really easily. Um, yeah, so, you know, Dazzler gives out shield team ability. Uh, the figure that it mainly mattered that she was giving out shield team ability to for me was WizKid Prime from Deadpool and X-Force, which was the one Prime that I played on this team. Um, largely because I was... Really good. Yeah, so he's really good. And I was just sort of looking through the list of Primes and was like, I have to play a Prime, right? <laughs> like, it's required to play a Prime. Um, but which one? I don't know. But then I saw WizKid and was like, oh, that seems very good. So he already gives... So WizKid's damage power isn't Empower Enhancement. It's just plus one range, plus one damage, plus one attack to anything adjacent. Doesn't matter if they're making range or close attacks. It applies to everything adjacent to him. You can like carry him around to do it to multiple things in a turn. All that kind of stuff. And all of my stuff was colossal and half of it had sidestep. So moving him around was quite easy. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. So you also give him shield team ability because he shares the X-Factor keyword with Dazzler. So now anything that he's adjacent to is getting plus two range, plus one attack, and plus one damage. And uh, it's very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was used in two main ways for me. Um, 
one of them is Phoenix Sentinel and Cyclops Sentinel could shoot into my opponent's starting area after being spun like once or something, which is obviously really good. Um, the other one is Giant Girls are 12 and 4 if he's next to where they're retaliating. Which came which up a easy lot. To get, easy to get him there. Yeah, you just move him or carry him or whatever. Like, it's really not difficult to get, <laughs> to get him where he needs to be. Um, the last thing that I did a couple of times was I have two Dark Phoenixes, and when he's next to them, they're 12 range, 12 in force. So that's nice. Yeah, so uh, they, just get to, they get to actually heal off stop click just for shooting. Yeah, exactly. That, that one didn't come up quite as much because I was frequently... Uh, using my Dark Phoenixes to manipulate my Phoenix Sentinel positioning and stuff. One of my Dark Phoenixes also had Shield Team ability. That was the other thing I chose. Technically, I could have chosen a Giant Girl. Um, because of Celebrity. Because of celebrity. <laughs> Everything just shared keywords at random. It wasn't themed. And yet it wasn't a theme team. No, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, what so you was, didn't uh... play the new WizKid. You didn't play Mad Jim. You played the old WizKid Prime. Like, Makes sense to me. No, I know, but it's just like I've always liked that. Yeah. I know that that figure has always been perfectly fine. Although before, I mean, since he flies, it was harder to carry around him around. Yeah. But yeah. now it's actually now a it's easy. easier. Yeah, everyone has always liked this WizKid. The problem has always been that he has no good keywords, so you just can't put him on theme teams. Yep. And this wasn't a theme team, so I didn't care. <laughs> I, think um, I saw, I saw one other person. Keyword is alive and well, and I'm a filthy liar. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I saw one other person actually play him, and it was Calder on like an unthemed dropship team with the Captain America from Earth X, mm -hmm. the title character. Yep. It was good. Yeah. Uh, so one of the main lines for me was spin dark, uh, spin Phoenix Sentinel and Cyclops Sentinel forward. Uh, have WizKid adjacent to one of them so that it can be carried when they running shot, and then move Dark Phoenixes so that they'll be adjacent to both of them, one Dark Phoenix on each, and they can carry each other, so you just move one of the Dark Phoenixes carrying the other one. You running shot, you're adjacent to the Dark Phoenix with shield and WizKid, so you have plus three range, you have plus one attack, plus one damage, and um, you shoot both of those, and then you just sidestep the Dark Phoenixes back, carrying Cyclops Sentinel and Phoenix Sentinel, Yep. And you've only left your WizKid out to be shot, and if your opponent is shooting your WizKid, you're you're pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. Even though he's great, it's like, yeah, okay, you're spending a turn then, killing my WizKid, that's fine. And I'm going to retail twice. Four times, five times. Up oh, yeah, because all the giant girls can, can retail. Yep. Yeah, good point. <laughs> they're, they're very, very good. Yeah, <laughs> so my standard was just uh, retaliate with the Dark Phoenix and then follow up by retaliating with a bunch of giant girls, but I did... Yep deviate from that a couple of times and then i had a bunch of ids i actually didn't use these much oh i actually forgot my last main force figure there's a lot of main force figures on this team uh yep. ace was my last main force figure so there are two reasons that ace was my last main force figure one was i needed a precisely 60 point character so that she could call in gene the chase gene yep. from xxs uh and i didn't have more points than that so it couldn't be slightly over and I needed them to have prob because I had zero probs on my entire team. <laughs> and Ace is really good on non-theme teams. Yeah, I mean, definitely just fine. Um, literally all of my opponents were playing theme. Her, like, you can't use probs except for theme probs came up, like, once all day somehow. Uh, the other reason is because I was already approaching my limit of modern figures, so I actually couldn't play Faust. I you would needed, have played you Faust. You needed another 60. 60 points in silver figures. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I had like 180 points of modern or something. 
um, because all of my X-Men that were starting on the map were modern. So I had yep. to play uh, Silver for this slot. So I had to play Ace. I would have played Faust if I could have, but... Uh, yeah, because just so, giving another enhancement's yeah. good. Yeah, in, in enhancement prob messes with my opponent pretty much as much. <laughs> yep. They're actually kind of similar figures. He's also a little harder to kill because he just has a longer dial. Um, although Ace is nice if they shoot her for some reason while they have retaliators around, which no one did all day. She died once. <laughs> Very little of my team died in any of my games. So, like, the standard for me was that they, like, killed a couple of giant girls, and then I shot them with Phoenix Sentinels and Cyclops Sentinels to death. And they explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most teams just sort of blow up against that. Um, there was a couple of one-man army-style teams around, and uh, so Emily brought Vision Prime. And uh, somebody was playing full point Unimind, but not what you're thinking of as full point Unimind, actually full point Unimind, <laughs> because it was 400 points. Um, 370 point one man army, entire the rest of his points with, spent entirely on Blue Flames. Eternals. Sorry? On Blue Flames. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's... Yeah. So, but I thought he had to play 200 points. Oh, he is also. Yeah. Yeah, he's also... <laughs> it doesn't matter. He was playing 100% silver figures. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> um, yeah, so I played Leech in those two matchups. Um, so what I probably should have done was just have a Leech ID on my sideline. Because all of my Retaliators, my Magnetos and Dark Phoenixes, can call in Leech. So if I just had Leech ID, then if my opponent's one-man armies had ever attacked, I could have just taken away all their powers and killed them. Um, but for some reason, I didn't really think of that until I was like at the tournament and saw somebody playing Leech ID and went, oh yeah, there's a Leech ID. <laughs> so I just played it as a sideline swap and instead. Only three which, points. Yeah, which worked just as well, honestly. Like, there really wasn't a huge disadvantage to playing it on main force. I had enough stuff to body block and barrier and stuff that there wasn't much chance of my opponent killing them before I got to use them just slightly easier to get him into position if you can retaliate to do it um yeah the my my game all day where i lost the most pieces was against a scientist theme team that uh, ricky kirk was playing um where he just like focused his entire team on killing my phoenix sentinel because uh he knew that if i ever got to attack with it especially if i gave it energy explosion his entire team died <laughs> I'd already killed his Gorilla Grodd or whatever. No, not Gorilla Grodd. Um, what's the 25-point scientist one? Ultra Humanite? Ultra Humanite. Yeah, I'd already killed his Ultra Humanite on, like, turn one by running shotting with Phoenix Sentinel. Um, so he wasn't super keen to uh, repeat the experience and <laughs> get the rest of his team killed. Because he had first-turn immunity, but had moved Ultra Humanite out of first-turn immunity. And I was like, eh, might as well. I can get him a fair ways back. Um, but because he was focusing everything on killing Phoenix Sentinel, he couldn't kill anything else on my team. So the follow-up turn for me was like, retaliate with a Dark Phoenix, retaliate with four giant girls on Sakari and Iron Man at 12 and four, uh, shoot you with a Cyclops Sentinel to kill part of your team. Like it was just, <laughs> it was it was quite the follow-up turn for me. So, yeah. so that was, uh, so he just ended up taking... Um, Phoenix Sentinel and two giant girls and the Wolverine ID that I called in for a hundred. That was the most points anybody took against me. And then, uh, did you lose any games? I'm assuming no. now. No, I, I went undefeated. Most points that anybody took was a hundred. It was. Didn't you full wipe also every single game? Yes. Yes, I did. 
Uh, did you guys get to use tarot cards? Yep. Yeah. So I did play a tarot deck. Um, my tarot deck was awful. <laughs> so there is a good tarot deck that exists for this team, but it relies pretty heavily on the storyline of these ones, which weren't legal, obviously. So my only useful tarot deck was my only useful tarot card was the sidestep one, basically. And theoretically, the um, Battle Fury one could have been useful, but the opponents that it would have been good against, it didn't get flipped up against. So mm. it ended up being completely neutral. It did actually prevent my Phoenix Sentinel from shooting on one turn. So it was actually technically a net negative for me. But the game, that game was like completely over by then. So it didn't really matter. <laughs> did, uh, did anybody bring Thanos? No, nope, nobody brought Thanos. Oh, wow. Respect. <laughs> yeah it was a fun event uh if uh if joe runs something like it again next year i encourage people to go if they can yeah i would fortunately i was busy that weekend otherwise i probably yeah. would have went because it's only like a five or six hour drive to rochester from there yeah a couple people from came up from or down i guess from connecticut um which seemed like a fair drive <laughs> yeah aries was like six and a half hours or something <laughs> yeah well i didn't go what? Emily and I thought we had quite the transit, although we did on the way back. Our bus on the way back got delayed like three hours at the border or something. It was a pain. We spent the time building teams <laughs> <laughs> for Emily to drive for Worlds. Yeah, that's basically the summary of that event. Um, right. So I guess the only possibly useful takeaway for anybody who isn't playing this specific format, which is everybody, nobody is playing this specific format. Uh, right. The other... Uh, rule for this format was only IDs that would actually be legal from the sets that are in silver. Which was which is slightly different than the official silver rules, Wait, which are all IDs are legal. Oh, so you can't you can't do that you can't do the old correct. DC okay. Or or Marvel. Yeah. yeah. It's just X Men and the DC villain IDs basically that were around. Which sure. I think is how silver should be anyway, but isn't I agree. So you should change your ID suites if you're playing them at Worlds because uh, mine don't make sense if you are if you have access to all of that other stuff. Um, I actually legitimately think that this team would be a completely fine World Silver tournament if you just dropped the entire X-Men swap and uh, replaced some of the IDs so that you had a Leech ID. Yeah. Like, just four giant girls, somewhere around two Magnetos. You could drop a Magneto and play a Surter or something instead if you wanted to. Um, a Dark Phoenix and a Phoenix Sentinel seems, and and Faust instead of Ace, uh, and then Cyclops, Wolverine, and Leech IDs, and the Spin Ring. That sounds like a perfectly reasonable silver team to me. Yeah, too bad I don't like that format. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't, but talk about that format. Or I mean, I refuse to play that format. Yeah, like at Worlds, I'm gonna go play in the X the X of Swords event instead of playing the Silver tournament. No amount of prizing will get me to play that format. <laughs> yeah, the prizing is good enough that I, that if I was going to Worlds, I don't know which one I'd play. I haven't actually had to decide because I'm not going, but yep. I'd, I'd at least consider playing the Silver. Partially because I kind of had a blast playing this ridiculous a bunch of <laughs> sure, giant girls team. Sure. <laughs> this team was really really strong. Yep. Um. And it's, like, sort of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to silver, too, right? Like, 
there's so much really strong stuff in silver. Um, the reason I didn't play Mad Jim, he's really, really good in silver, is because uh, in 400 points, he's slightly less good. Because the blue cube is really, really good when your opponent only has like one or maybe two good attackers. But mm-hmm. if you're playing 400 points, you expect people to have more than that. Now, based on what I saw there, that wasn't necessarily actually true, <laughs> but it was my expectation. So I felt like Mad Jim would be worse. Um, but if you are playing Mad Jim, Mad Jim basically making being a five point add on to the blue cube is uh, pretty good. So you should definitely consider him. Yeah. All right, or, think, or any of the gauntlets are, are a good choice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing is you can, like, blue cube traitor to blue cube again and then swap the blue cube out for a pick-a-power gauntlet. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's so much you can do. Um, but fortunately, don't really have to worry about it. Yep. Yeah. I don't think any of us are super interested in talking about silver for much longer, so nope. let's move on to modern. Um, do we want to start with what you've been playing as? Uh, sure. Uh, so played in the Brad, the Brad event, uh, yesterday, uh, ended up going two and one, um, missing out second place against the, against Paul by 40 points. Uh, but the team was really, really performing well. So it's uh, legacy apocalypse at a hundred points. Um, commissioner molecule man, uh, professor X for swap, Kate pride for swap, um, collector, Master Mold. I think that's it. I think that's seven characters. Yeah. Um, and then my my swap... The swap that I went into every game was Venom Magneto Multiple Man. Um, awesome. Playing, I love that. And that's Multiple Man at 40 points. 40, 40 point Multiple Man, yeah. <laughs> Which is... So most of my swaps that I have to go into is going to be worth 65 points because I don't have anybody more than Kate. Um, and he is honestly the hardest member of my sideline to kill for 65 points. Um, and he's just really good when you have a character that can mastermind within eight squares. <laughs> yep. Because when he, he takes a maximum of two damage, so you have to hit him three times. Um, and he makes zero point uh, versions of himself that can also be masterminded too. <laughs> Uh, and those zero point figures have empower, and that came up. Yeah, gotcha. um, empower a couple times. Yeah, and my last uh, five points was the cloak of levitation. Um, was still bouncing around on those five points, but I think that's the best use because I don't like any of the map bonuses because I'm unthemed. So um, yeah, I mean it's basically just Latvian village to get a. And the problem is, is there are some maps where oh. I fill the starting area with that version of the squad, <laughs> so I won't even get the peasant. It has to be placed in starting area. I believe so. Doesn't sound wrong. Just hadn't read it yeah. in enough detail. Um, but the t- and then my tarot deck, um, as we talked about in the the tarot episode, is the fool, uh, because I don't really care when my cloak gets shut off for a turn. Um, sometimes it's annoying, but I don't really care. Um, the precision strike card, because of death, death having precision strike means. I can go and just kill somebody that has super senses. And you have no super senses and you have no heavy reducers. I have one super senses. Right. A collector, um, but like. (laughs) And Venom Magneto if I swap into him, but I can generally protect around that. Yeah. Um, And collector has a stop click, so yay. Exactly. If they're Um, putting two attacks into collector against your team, you're generally 
not super unhappy. I, I think. lose the plus one damage, but I can generally follow back up and, and put a lot of damage into the attack. Yeah, exactly. Um, then um, playing the regen is free card for the uh, most of the time it's terrible. Uh, but if Apocalypse gets hit for four for some odd known reason, um, <laughs> he has regen. So he can still regen for free and then make a pog. And it's not like it does anything for anyone else either. <laughs> exactly. Because the only other person that uses regen can already do it as free. Yeah. The, literally the only figure you'd have to worry about it with, against is Franklin Richards. And Venom I guess, yeah. Because if I hit her to stop and don't kill her, one, that sucks for me. Right. Like, like the the thing is, you're really trying not to do that. <laughs> right. And I, I, it happened to me against Joji yesterday. I had to I had to land all three attacks needing. Right. I needed a seven on the first attack a seven on the second attack and a six on the last attack. And I missed on the death attack. <laughs> I missed on the last one. So he was on last click. I mean, like um, there are other figures in the format that have regen. It's just like apocalypse. How often are they actually going to be on? Right. Like with it. Uh, I'm using the force blast card. Cause that is literally a zero, nothing <laughs> like that card doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, which Unless perfect. somebody plays legacy Scarlet, Witch. But against you, it still really doesn't do anything because... What are you going to do? Knock away Apocalypse? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then my last card is the Knight of Cups. Or, sorry, Knight of Wands uh, for plus one leadership. This card actually has been performing worse than I thought it would. Um, Because the turns that it comes up, I still miss the leaderships. (laughs) With the, the plus one, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it does not guarantee leadership. It just makes right. it slightly if more it likely. Said, if it said guarantee leadership, that's an autoplay. Like, oh, yeah. Um, but so after the games, um, I went two and one. Like I said, I lost. My loss was a five point loss to Josafa, so I can never be mad about that. Um, I mercy ruled Jackson playing X Men. Um, and then I beat uh, Joe G. Where did who the was extra also points playing. come from? Uh, he revived a bunch of times. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know <laughs> he why. Revived, he revived Mimic once and Iceman three times. That'd do it. Um, and Krakoan Revival against my team is really scary. Because you already have plus one damage on all your progs, and you're gonna have something close by a death to put it next to. And yeah, so if I and if I don't like if I don't choose Skinless Assassin, I can choose like the eight PhD ones, the three damage autonomous shooters. Yep. So now they're eleven for fours. Um, yeah, it's really scary with my team. Um, and then, uh, Joji was also playing X-Men, but he was playing, like, a non-Krakoan Revival with, like, Banshee, Venom Wolverine. It was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't mind non-Krakoan Revival variations. I'm skeptical on Banshee. Yeah, he's really squishy, but he is playing the, uh, the max two damage card. So, when that, if that comes up at the right time, it does protect him, because you have to hit him three times. Um, which isn't yeah, that, impossible, but... And he is a figure that you don't want to just hit once for two damage, um, yes. because the best thing that he does is a thing that you can't get him to yourself, which is uh, his second click and on for a little bit is full damage pulse wave. Full damage uh, pulse wave, yep. Which is very nice. It's it's a good power. The problem is he doesn't start with it. <laughs> and Joji was the only person that ever dealt damage to Apocalypse. With that and, pulse wave? In all of my games. Yeah, I, he. so I knocked him to... The click just past the last line of his special pulse wave. He X-Men TA'd him with peepers, TK'd him out from my adjacency. Um, I had one misfishing. I could have actually blocked all of the lines for him to ever get out, but I messed up. 
And then he pulse waved all of my pogs and apocalypse. And then apocalypse never took another point of damage. No one tried pulse waving all your pogs and apocalypse with like Sicarian or anything. Uh, no, because so I keep everybody really spread out. Um, so generally if you can pulse wave my pogs, you can't pulse wave the multiple man. Um, and you can't get to the multiple man who is hiding. <laughs> um, or like collector, because I'm okay masterminding the collector. Yeah, I mean, if you have to. And it gives so better if, than apocalypse dying. <laughs> and if your character isn't equipped, I can mastermind a collector to get my destroyer roll. Um, not something I always want to do, but it's something that I'm okay doing if I have to. Um, and now, so after the playtesting that I've done, I'm actually looking at making a what looks to be a minor change, but is actually pretty significant is cutting Master Mold. He hasn't been doing enough, and he's just really easy to kill. And, like, Apocalypse already has leadership, so you're not losing leadership by cutting him. Right. <laughs> and so the pogs that he makes are scorable. Yep. They are 10 point or 15 and I and, and Joe killed two of my pogs. <laughs> I lost by five points. Yeah. That's <laughs> not great. Uh, it's not like they did anything either. The one just carried Master Mold a little bit, and then they died. Um, and so I want to use that 25 points to add a Mary Jane Watson. Because paparazzis with Collector are really good. Plus, paparazzi with a Masterminder is really good. Um, and the last 10 points for a Moloid. Because you and I, we, we've talked about that. The Moloid needs to be on more non-themed Yeah, Moloid's really good, guys. Moloid is a very underrated 10-point yeah. piece. Tiny, tiny in power that my paparazzis can carry. Yeah, and also has sidestep to help you position him a little more carefully. Brings underworld yep. team ability for you to wildcard on some of your unthemed teams. Like, he's just... And if they don't lot. kill him, he can sidestep punch somebody for three damage. Because of collector. Yeah. Um, he was on my collector unthemed contents when I yep. first started building it. And so then um, I'm making a change to my tarot deck as well, uh, which is removing the Knight of Wands. Now that I've lost one of the significant leaderships, only having it for Apocalypse isn't really worth it at that point. To add the Nine of Cups, or the Nine of Wands, which is the Empower card, because Apocalypse has Empower, the Zero Point Multimillion has Empower, and the Moloid has Empower. How frequently has Apocalypse been close enough to use Empower? Uh, pretty consistently. I play pretty forward with him, um, especially if I can get him into, into Hindering, because he has Stealth. Um, and so they generally will come up to me and then death gets the hypersonic again, punch them with the empower from apocalypse. Um, it's probably not as relevant now that I don't get to make the flying care, the flying colossals, but there are turns where like, I'd rather move into position than make famine because <laughs> famine's just not good. Famine is good. Mastermind fodder. Yeah. Which I already have enough of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did get to call out Pestilence and still Poison, which was great. I got to call him out adjacent to somebody. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the amount of Empowers I can get is at least three, as long as I can master mine to multiple man once. So giving somebody plus three attack, plus three damage on a close attack, like a paparazzi, um, 
Although, if Collector's alive, you can really only give plus two damage, but... Right, but I'm still giving the plus, plus three two. attack. Plus three, yeah. yeah so, for sure. 13 for three, three on the autonomous punching? Yep, it's pretty um, good. Or death becomes a 14 for six? Yeah. A pog that is hitting somebody 14, 14 for six is silly. <laughs> and even just autonomous 10 for one with no empowers nearby or whatever is yep. good. It's good. <laughs> um... I had considered going with no, never mind. Never made that consideration because it's printed damage, uh, which is the in cap card, which is the one I'm really scared about. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, those are the the major kind of changes that I'm looking at making because Mary Jane Watson is just still really good. Yeah, yeah, she's a great figure. Um, also helps you just take opponents' objects if you happen to win map like. There's a lot of things that she does for you. Yeah, I actually, and I can already do that with death. Since I want to play forward with death anyway, um, I took, ja I actually won map against Jackson. Um, down at plus zero versus a plus three. Took him to Morlock Tunnels. Um, which is really rough when your main form of, of deployment is TK. Um, Made death forward one square, because that's how he Apocalypse works. Free TK'd him out six squares. Perplexed his own movement. Went and stole the cloak and hid behind a wall. <laughs> bad. So then Jackson had to use an action to kill him. Then move up on top of the cloak. And then he had to equip the next turn. So it kind of definitely throws off pacing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. So I'm really curious to see how the Mary Jane Watson tests. Now, Mary Jane Watson does make me more susceptible to the character I was already kind of susceptible against. Um, which is Lord Doom. But Yeah, that's true. What is your Legacy you Magneto? Have... That's right. my answer. I was about to I was about to ask if you had an X-Men swap that was particularly good against it. Yes. It does. Do. <laughs> um and Legacy Magneto is seven damage on my team, which is enough to kill him. If I can outwit his invulnerability, which I should be able to, because I can make pestilence, have pestilence carry Magneto, um, out with the damage power and then shoot him for seven Jeez. with the free attack. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have to yeah, hide their. You have to hide the Lord well. Doom, in which case, then, like, I just have to wait. Like, you're still not going to kill Apocalypse because I'm still masterminding everything else. Yeah. And characters are going to start dying. How many fans is your team? Uh, Eight now. Okay. Yeah, that's way too many. <laughs> I was wondering if there was any chance that you'd still get to generate a POG. Against the Lord Doom? No. Now, no, the, Lord, <laughs> the Lord Dooms that are on real low themes have a real hard time body blocking him. Yeah. So, I'm hoping that I can still pull that off. And my team can still fight. Not well. But I'm still going to make you come to me. In which case, Apocalypse does have an 8 range. Yeah, I'll I mean, Apocalypse himself, like, you know, he has charge stealth. He has eight range. Yeah. He deals four damage because of collector. Because of collector, yeah. He only well, has ten attack, which is the big issue. But people are going to underplay. People are going to underplay Dooms at World, so don't worry about it. 
I see. I don't know because I know Doom Mad Jim is really good. It is. Yeah, I've I've been wondering if Doom Mad Jim Merlin is like a core of a team that can. I work. think Merlin is doo doo. Yeah, I I haven't successfully made him feel good anywhere. <laughs> Merlin and Mad Jim is way. You're losing way too many reactions. I don't know. Agreed. And then Doom is another free action for the the swap. Yeah, it's a lot. But so Lord Doom, I'm just kind of going on. If I play against it, I hope I can just outplay my opponent. Um, or just I'm OK with my characters getting hit. Like I'll just because I can still mastermind a multiple man. Um, who isn't a bystander. So he'll just make another uh, a normal yep. dude. Um, and then if I have to start masterminding the characters to kill them off just to be able to make my pogs again. Because if I have Apocalypse Collector still alive and I can still and now I can make pogs, game still game is still alive. So for sure. But I'm just hoping that nobody plays them. Or if they do. They're not playing Lord Doom because their sideline is kind of full. Because if you're playing Doom Mad Jim. Yeah, you have to be very careful about what Dooms you actually bring along. Correct. And you're you're probably also having Destroyer, so that's another de- dedication to your sideline. And you, um, can't you Destroyer Med and Jim? Oh, that's right. That's that right. One. <laughs> My bad. Uh, I mean, if you could. You be, could. That'd be insane. Nuts. And uh, you generally want to start with DJ Doom with Mad yes. Jim. Uh, for the purpose of getting a time platform, which is one of the reasons they play so well together. Yep. So. Um, and then if I, I, I still also have Destroyer as a fallback, um, which my Destroyer on that team can come in and punch somebody for six or seven damage. It's pretty good. Or shoot somebody for six damage penetrating. So I can still, I still have a few ways of dealing with Doom. For Which sure. is important when you have a team devoted to a strategy that yeah, is countered by that character. <laughs> Apocalypse has enhancement as well, right? He has, he has enhancement power and power enhancement. Job. Yep. Yeah. So getting a uh, getting Apocalypse adjacent to a um, destroyer seems good. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that that was something that like I saw animal teams like the the animal the one animal team that Tyler played that cut Hammer Eye. And then just folded to Lorm every time he played against Lord Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Went back to Hammer immediately. Yeah, and I was like, I, I won't let that happen. I want to have a play against that character. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier about carrying Apocalypse with a Sentinel. I had no idea these things flew. Yeah, they do. It's pretty so good. I was able to I was able to like running <laughs> shot with the running shot sentinel carrying uh, Apocalypse, placing him into the stealth, still having a line because they're two nice. by two. And they were shooting for five damage. <laughs> yeah, especially like the ten point sentinel. I think it's just like if you have ten points. One. Yeah. If you have ten points left on your team, why not? Yeah, if I had if I had five points free, I would cut the cloak and just put a sentinel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think on a lot of unthemed teams, if you're thinking about playing like a cloak and a map bonus, you can just play a sentinel instead. And yep. it'll be better in most situations. I even so I was kicking around that idea instead of the Moloid, but I think the Moloid brings enough value. Yeah, I think Moloid is probably better for you. Yeah. The Sentinels just seem like scorable against you, basically. 
Yes, large Unless targets, I, very yeah. difficult to hide, and probably not going to get to make attacks. If Especially starting in your starting one, area. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think for a lot of teams, it's it's totally possible. And then I'm considering going up to a sixth tarot card, um, which is the two of cups. Nope, two of wands. I always get cups and wands mixed, mixed up. <laughs> Until I remember, like, I know cups is the regen card. So yeah. that's the defense power. Uh, but the one that gives Battle Fury on hit yeah. is can be really big in certain matchups. Um, especially when I can just have death go out. Yeah, you don't really somebody. care about it at all. No, because like even the only if character they I have that has change change you, it's like okay. Is Apocalypse. <laughs> and you're not multi-targeting Apocalypse and somebody else because you have Battle Fury. So yeah. and you're not pulse waving me because you have Battle Fury. Exactly. So I'll just mastermind it. And, and, like, just if, if you send, like, death and your running shot one across the map... They die when they get hit anyway. <laughs> yeah, they die when they get hit, and you give whatever their two best ranged attackers are Battle Fury, and then they can't really come at you the next turn. But, yeah. And because I have a Jubilee on my sideline, it's another potential. If that comes up, I can go and dual target somebody I want to kill, plus somebody that I want to get Battle Fury, right. and just be like, okay, now, uh, now you have a hard time dealing with my Jubilee because you can't shoot her. So, like, if I was playing against, like, a Thanos team, it would be shoot somebody and Thanos, give Thanos Battle Fury, and then kill mm -hmm. whatever it is because I'm doing five damage and five damage kills everything else on that team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, giving Thanos Battle Fury is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Just delays him for a whole turn, which is very nice. Which, if it lines up with the turn that they pull the mind control card? Yeah. Because that card is also terrifying. And actually, that is a card that I have looked at, and I said, why did this card get made? It's a good question. Mind Control is already a very powerful power. Um, yeah, you can see Incap needing the help, at least. <laughs> yeah, it didn't need a buff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Incap seems... Sorry, go ahead, Jay. I was just saying, Thanos needed the help, so... Mm, for sure. Oh, like, even just take Thanos out of the equation. Mind Control is a very... Uh, impactful power. It didn't need to also do damage. Now, normally your mind control characters are like one damage, but there are mind control characters that aren't. But then you have things like Exodus. Yeah. Um, or even like, if we're looking, you know, I, I know I don't want to look at like Silver, but Silver had like some of those Hellfire chases that could mind control multiple people. Yeah. Oh, man. Or Jason. Yeah, Jason Wingard with that card. Oof. Because it would be triggering every time. Because it's not yep. once per turn. I mean, it's only one damage, but... Yeah. Still. It's not damage from an attack or anything, so it wouldn't be precision strikeable. Correct. So they would need to not have a reducer for it to actually deal anything. But still, yeah. not bad. Well, there's a lot of that. And that's, all, that's, that's just on top of you getting to do all your stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, I used to play um, Jason Spectral. Exactly. Spectral Ring with him. Just ping mm -hmm. all of their Colossals to death. It was nice. Yep. I'm glad <laughs> that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't replace the instead of normal damage on mind control. Yep, that is much better. Um, but yeah, so I I think I have like I don't think the Thanos matchup is terrible. I don't think it's super great. 
Um, I think you have a percent chance of killing him. Like, you know, you have... Collector gives you enough damage that it can happen. And I actually think Thanos struggles to kill most of my most of my scorable points. Yeah, I was wondering what it actually scores. Like, scores Moloid very easily, obviously. Other than that? Especially because, like, I'll body block with zero-point characters. Most of my mind-controllable targets are bad. <laughs> like, even if you mind-control Apocalypse, he's a 10 attack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only, like worry about mind controlling apocalypse would be if they could get him far enough away that he can't mastermind but it's pretty easy to position so that can't happen <laughs> yeah the way i because if i get him into the middle of the map he can basically it, it, like middle meaning like not necessarily the exact middle but middle in the the, the rows um yeah. i can pretty much hit everywhere that i need to and with venom magneto i can always carry around to make sure that i have people in position for sure um and then, like, yeah, death getting mind controlled is bad, but death getting mind controlled is a force is a three speed, four speed. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, your pogs will generally be far enough away from the rest of your team, the, the important ones that deal damage, not the and, ones. And and war doesn't see through stealth, so he's not going to shoot apocalypse. He's <laughs> not going to shoot Man, He's not going to shoot commissioner. Um, he might have a lot of kill. Stealth. I do. Um, and I have a multiple man, <laughs> which can make yep. make stealth. Um. And plus, I what can only have, go into Deadpool. What do you have for Mary Jane to wildcard? You have stealth from rookie, underworld from commissioner, but I and from Mulder. Is there anything to carry? Uh, no. Okay. She doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't share a keyword with anybody. Yeah. It um, didn't seem like likely that she did, but uh, uh, she can yeah. copy X Men. Yeah, that could come up. Which you know, if if Venom Magneto gets hit for one, or if Multiple Man takes his damage, say, isn't Multiple Man? Doesn't he have the team abilities? Yes. So you can heal him? Yes. Seems good. Which makes him even harder to kill, and I get more zero-point characters. Yeah, because it's... He's getting hit for two each time, so he goes straight to last click. So if he gets hit for once, then they only have to hit him twice, and he dies, and you only get one multiple man. That's a, Sorry, I'm saying if they pulse wave that includes him, then healing him for one is actually quite good. Yes. Because it means that you get to mastermind to him twice and create two Correct. multiple men as well. Yeah, so, and then, like I said, just the paparazzis aren't good to mind control either, because they're oh. only good on my team, because <laughs> of Collector. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I have an okay Thanos matchup, but I'm also, like, just willing to accept that it's not, like, an auto win, and just hope that I can, I can just outplay them, or I can just overwhelm them. Yeah, your team really can't, uh, like, almost nobody should play um leech into thanos your team really can't <laughs> correct <laughs> i had considered putting him on the sideline but the fact that my only way to deploy him would be venom magneto yep um and that doesn't work without the spin ring i mean you can still cost a tk carry venom magneto up with somebody else free tk and then free tk him yeah but yeah. but it's okay. yes it's definitely significantly better if you have the spin ring <laughs> Yeah, because then I worry about, like, getting him mind-controlled into somebody. Yeah, I just don't... It's it's Because Leech is scary yeah. for my team. Oh, yeah, one of the things about... Yeah, so Leech is very good against Apocalypse because it's one of the only ways to get rid of the Mastermind so that you Correct. can just kill him. Um, the other way, Beast is also very good at it. Beast your team is pretty good at murdering Beast before he can actually do that, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, and I can just make it very difficult to yeah. get to him. Um. 
with even if I even if I have to form a line to where Beast can't even get within four squares. Right. Because with, only... with body blocking, with pogs taking up space, barrier, um, I should be able to do that. Yeah. Do you? I forget what's on your team again. Do you have Molecule Man? I do. Okay. Yeah. Definitely great then. <laughs> Yeah, the only reason that Molecule Man, like, could ever be bad is if a bunch of people were playing Merlin, but it just doesn't seem likely. Like, I just, like you, I have not found a Merlin team that functions. <laughs> yeah, and I know I talked with, uh, I talked with Robert, the guy, the guy who placed second at Nationals, yeah. that he is actually, like, cutting characters to fit Merlin on that team, because, like, the Lokis give you extra actions, and I'm like, but he doesn't do anything! <laughs> Like, like if you, because he's 50 points, you're either cutting Jubilee or you're cutting Blackheart. Yeah, that's, that seems very hard to fit him on. And, and then he's not, then you lose half of your offense. Yeah, I mean, if Merlin is good, it will be a very defensive shell. So I, I actually. And I, and I actually don't take a ton of free actions other than like. Yeah, I actually think that the figure that he's best with is Apocalypse. Yes. Because all I'm doing is free actions. And if I need to, like if I see what they're doing and I need to, I have Legacy Cyclops on my sidelines. I can go up to five actions as well. Yep. Yeah, I think if you're looking, if you are trying to build a Merlin team, I think you have to start with Merlin Legacy Apocalypse and go from there. Um, I tried to build like Merlin Legacy Apocalypse Doom bad gym and it just uh that's too many points guys he would be <laughs> he would be really insane if spider-man 1776 was pre-errata oh yeah that would be your opponent just literally can't do anything yep yeah. <laughs> or or if charge and running shot kept the original wording from their new rules that they didn't change that they changed specifically for like flashes to still correct. be able to function yeah yeah correct where it had to be a free. Yeah. So that's, now you that's can why science the police used to be good. Yeah. Way back in the day. <laughs> yep. I wasn't even playing when science police were around. I just played against them in a casual game once. and was like, <laughs> I can't running shot. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and luckily, like against a lot of matchups I had, because my sideline is all really low pointed X-Men. I have a lot of versatility in what I can swap into. Cause I have 95 points in swap or 90 points in swap. And Deadpool can just make certain matchups really good, especially because while Deadpool only makes four squares of water, Molecule Man makes more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those two it's funny. Play. They both are very good together, and Molecule Man is very good against Deadpool. Correct, which is scary. Um, but then if I like, if it's Thanos Molecule Man, like I think I would still go into Deadpool because it forces them to play forward Not with barrier. Molecule Man. Yeah, I mean, if and, they're playing forward with Thanos and Molecule Man. I think you're pretty confident in your ability to kill those things. <laughs> Correct, because they're gonna they're gonna kill Deadpool. I just accept the Deadpool is gonna die, and then I have to make sure that I'm killing. Then you have um, follow up attack with Death War. Both have empower rookie War, with rookie. enhancement. Yeah, like yeah. I mean that seems fine. <laughs> yeah, and I, all I'm of them going... have plus damage from Collector. Like yep. I think you can chew through a Thanos. Plus, then I have the paparazzis that are maybe in position. Yeah. Yeah, get those in caps out at, at worst, you know. Yep, double in cap Thanos, and then you know maybe punch him if I actually put damage into him where he's on toughness. 
Yeah, on my celebrity team that just like had a couple of empowers and enhancements sitting around, nothing like you know collector or your volume. I still managed to kill a Sakarian Iron Man with the uh, paparazzi's once. So, yep. um, Sakarian Iron Man is another character that I'm a little like concerned about just because he's just really good. Yeah. But that's where Legacy Magneto comes in as well because he is shooting you for death. Um, so he is shooting you where you have to take an object off. You don't yeah. have a choice. <laughs> yeah, and he also has Mastermind. So uh-huh. you have great Mastermind fodder. You can Mastermind things. You're totally fine. Um, if they can like somehow get an outwit into position to outwit his Mastermind and then shoot him, then you've probably just positioned wrong because like you have Molecule Man to prevent that from happening. You have a ton yeah. of pogs. You have Colossals to body block. Like, I think I think you should be totally fine. <laughs> yep, and then like... On ability um, to keep him alive for long enough. I can always like move up with collector sidestep away, carry him. Um, if he's, if I'm in position where I can get him next to a multiple man, he shares a keyword with multiple man, multiple man can then carry him away with the underworld TA. And the cloak is usually going on collector. Yep. Makes sense. It's just, it's funny how you can equip the cloak to a 25 point figure and it's still a reasonable use of five points. So honestly, there are times where I've considered actually equipping it to multiple man and then realized that I can't. <laughs> I really wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Sorry. man, he would be so good with this object. Oh, he's not a standard. They guy. thought of that. <laughs> they thought of that three sets ago. Yep. I mean, thought of equipping him in general. Yeah. Uh, right. Something I was going to come back to because we were talking mm-hmm. about Leech briefly. Um, one thing that I realized with Leech uh, when I was playing him on my sideline at the uh, Clicks Nexus Tilt is that he's actually ridiculously good against prime vision because prime vision <laughs> says when he uses phasing, he can use flurry as free, but he doesn't have flurry. So he just can't attack leech ever. Unless you like give him the necrosword or the Waldo arms. That's the, like, I, I talked about that with somebody. Sure. The yeah, only way jump. that that works, especially and tyrant is the same way. Um, you have to be able to give him dry reach, which honestly, if you're looking at a, if like a team like Josafa was playing last night, which was like, unthemed um with like mad jim yeah put uh after well after it's legal i mean you obviously can't play mad jim and vision though so (laughs) right well i'm saying yeah but if we go like tyrant um once it's legal i know that we're talking about worlds but once it's legal look at the like pogger pogs which is giant reach three if they already have giant reach increase their giant reach by one so now tyrant has giant reach three which is really good. But you could give him a good sword instead. That sword is good. When you see a leech. You give him. I mean, why not give him the necro sword then? It just seems better. Because that's 15 points and that's harder to do. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not Mad Jim. Yeah. Also, like, maybe you don't have Mad Jim. Yeah, I mean, you have to have Mad Jim for that scenario to work. Never mind. I, I hope people don't play Mad Jim, because I'm already sick of him. I've never well, played against him. So I'm honestly, I'm less <laughs> sick, sick of, of him the and more sick of the talk about him. He's like, he's great, but he's also, like, not super hard to kill. And no. the, the talk of, like, Mad Jim versus Destroyer, I think Destroyer's still better. I I agree. That's why I'm still playing Destroyer. And and I said it on Critical Clicks. Um, Mad Jim is a destroyer accelerant. Yep. Everybody has an equipment. Destroyer has no interaction with Mad Jim other than punching him in the face. 
Like, Matt Jim's not going to do anything to destroy her. <laughs> so if you're looking at them together, like, and one is easily scorable, the other one isn't. So I think Matt Jim is great, but I don't think he is the end all for every team. No, I mean, I think I think oh, your yeah. team should almost certainly have either Destroyer or Mad Jim. But I yes. think both are a totally reasonable choice. <laughs> yep. I do wonder if... Um, X-Men should move away from playing Mimic just so that they can put Destroyer on their sideline. But it's hard to That's justify hard, the sideline slots. so good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you basically you have to play, like, Venom Wolverine, Double Maggot, or something if yeah. you want to not play Mimic. The, the problem with Mimic, though, is Mimic isn't really 60 points. He's yeah, really he's 80. 85 points. 80. Or 80. Uh, 80. Mario's 20. Um, You're correct. So, he is still good at 80, but... That's also so if you go away from Mimic, that opens up two sideline spots because Mimic's usually getting brought in, um, and Moira is being brought in. And you're not going to run Moira if you're not running Mimic. No, there is no reason to do that. Um, yeah. What's your actual like starting on the map X Men swap? I'm sorry, what? What's your actual starting on the map X Men swap? Obviously, it has to be. Okay. So I have 90 points and swap two characters. Okay, cool. It gives me enough. I needed enough points to be able to have either Venom Wolverine or Venom Magneto, Jubilee, Jubilee, Multiple Man, or Multiple Man, Venom Magneto. Those are my like three primary swaps. Yeah, makes sense. And then Deadpool in there somewhere. I had hope on the original build. But I never found a swap where she was coming in. As good as she is, it just didn't work to do that. You don't have a ton of incredible powers for her to copy. No. Not really. As much as, like, she could copy powers from death and get, like, perplexed hypersonic. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. But, like, also, you don't really want to be sending a 40-point character into your opponent's face with your team. Right. Exactly. Yeah, your only other option for starting on the map, other than Kate, is to play um, a 65-point sword bearer and swap them out, uh, which obviously you would need to drop something worth five points, like the cloak, to make that happen. And I don't know that the swords do anything for you, so it's probably not super worth it. Yeah, because none of my equipable characters are really attacking. Right. Although, I did attack with Collector every game last last night. There we go. Get collector's sword. <laughs> well, 12 for two. Because he gives the bonus to himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's Ooh, actually all the that Because he was already using sidestep, though. Uh, Actually, two of it was because he was just in his starting area, and so were they. <laughs> they were in my starting area. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll just shoot you 12 for, uh, 12 for two and uh, kill you. Usually, usually after like Pestilence came in, outwitted their defense, punched them, and then Collector got the the last hit because he's the better attack. Yeah, uh, I'm saying that you can use a sword bearer because we've established that um, legacy cards are not from the same set as the set that they are from. That is true. I I do actually <laughs> I I don't have a main force X of Swords character. Yeah. So you could play you know 65 point uncommon magic or whatever to swap out. Um, I'm not saying you should. Because, again, I don't actually know what you do with the sword and you have to drop the cloak. But 
it is technically an option. <laughs> yeah, if the plasticity shape change sword was in, sure. I could potentially see that one. Yeah. But then again, like, I don't want... I don't really want that on Collector. Because, like, I mean, I do, but I don't. Because um, I want him to be getting hit. Because I want him to be generating destroyer rolls. I find it amusing how frequently I have these, like... 25 point characters with shape change where i'm like i don't care that you have shape change because i'm choosing not to use it a significant percentage of the time there are so there are there have been times where i'm like they attack apocalypse and i'm like proceed yeah they're like you don't want to roll shape change? i'm like no i want a mastermind of this double token death over here <laughs> i think a lot of i think that's actually something that a lot of people just like don't think about is is there optional. when should you choose not to use shape change it's a may <laughs> yep. you're allowed <laughs> there are certain attacks like you want to maybe this attack is only doing a certain amount of damage that'll put you on a better click and that's okay or especially like i said with apocalypse sometimes just masterminding to another target is better yep yeah people kept making costed attacks on my monica rambo where i could shape change it and then they would be forced to attempt to attack Scarlet Witch or something instead. And I was like, I don't want to shape change this. Go ahead, please yep. attack my yep. Monica Rambeau. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just a, a nice way, especially like I said again with my team, of the the worst case scenarios is I have like death double tokened, and then they ignore him, and I can't kill him. Because then yeah. ha I have to wait a turn. Like, if they attack me while he's double token, that's best case scenario for me. Because I'm just making him again next turn. Yeah, for and sure. You definitely want as much uptime on Death and War as you possibly can. Yep. And Pestilence has been performing extremely well. The, um, just the Poison Outwit has been useful a bunch of times? Poison Outwit, 10 movement with yeah. flight. Just carrying somebody in, flight in a that's better nice. position. They all fly. All the horsemen nice. fly which is great yeah with the hypersonic it's less relevant for death but uh yeah. but with, for the rest and pestilence has charged combat reflexes so he's getting into the fight so he's also 20 defense yeah um and you don't like i i i joe g last night was i'm tired of killing pogs i want points <laughs> i'm like nope <laughs> I played a random game of Sealed against Emily while we were uh, waiting for the bus in Rochester. There was a nearby game store, which is obviously the best place to wait for a bus, especially when uh, the city that you're in has no bus station and the only place to wait is on the sidewalk of a random kind of sketchy area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where I had uh, Honey Badger and Arcade on my team. Oh. Wow. And she used like seven actions to KO Pogs. Just, like, complete normal costed actions, and I killed, like, nothing. <laughs> yep. I was like, how did I lose this game where my opponent spent seven actions killing zero-point pogs? <laughs> um, it was because she had printed 18 defense and perplex, and I had no perplex, so I just missed every attack. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of, of pog generators, though, uh, Scott brought a character up to me that I really, really, really wish they had X-Men. Because I would 100% put them on my sideline. And that's Annihilation. Mm. Uh, yeah. because Annihilation is at the beginning of every turn make this 11 for 3 with Invincible Pog mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like oh that's really good you mean you're 11 for 4 <laughs> 11 for 4 with my team yeah. Yeah. potentially 11 for so 6 just, wait so just replace Apocalypse with her easy peasy <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and like I said, Apocalypse took three damage over the course of three games. How close are you to activating the attack part of uh, Collector? Um, everything rare, on my sideline is a super rare. <laughs> you have a rare, a common, a super rare. So the only on thing you're missing course, is an uncommon? I'm missing an uncommon, and I don't think I have any uncommons on my sideline. No, almost certainly not. Uh-uh. What, what even would be... Dazzler? Yeah. Like, I would have to, like, I, I had one... I it basically has like, to be instead of either Morlade or Mary Jane, and I don't think that there's an uncommon that I would play instead of either of those two figures. No. And so. I had, like, there was a consideration of if there's a way to look into dropping Kate down to Dazzler and another 30 points, but then that makes the swap math really weird. Yeah, and I kind of like my swap just being very simple, ninety point two characters. Um, yeah, one for my brain, <laughs> um, because swap math, swap on your brain is very difficult when you have to play all day. Um, actually, um, I don't know what disguises you have room for on your sideline for Mary Jane, alternate identities, whatever they're called. Oh yeah, I could probably cut some stuff. I forgot, like, I, I actually would want to have something for... I would make it... She Venom. If you only have room for one, I'd make it She Venom, because she's an uncommon. So then when they kill your Mary Jane, you suddenly have attack. And Collector has dies. the bonus. And then she's, like... Yeah. I think she's a 11 for two. Uh, 10 for two. Well, 11 for three with the Collector With the bonuses. Collector bonus. Yeah. And then she's a running shot. And she shot. super senses. Yep. Running shot will get the benefit from my enhancements or my empowers. She's the one that I chose to go into most of the time when my Mary Jane died, just because she was the hardest to kill. Yeah. Iron Man um, is, like, a reasonable choice as well, but she's a common, so she doesn't help you here. So there's a potential that I cut Legacy Cyclops then? Your sideline is full of mostly swap options and Destroyer? It's So my non-swap options are one Sentinel, Destroyer. I just cut the Sentinel, honestly. <laughs> Huh? I just got the Sentinel on. So I have the Sentinel on there because I'm expecting a lot of X-Men. Sure. And the Sentinel, and because I play, I... You are in your starting area, so it will actually get to attack if you bring it in. And they're 11 for 3 with 6 range, 2 target. Yeah. Uh, potentially 11 for 4 next to Apocalypse. Not wrong. Um, so it could be that. Um, Legacy Cyclops also says, my problem with a Legacy Cyclops is he's going to be 65 points. And he's real easy to kill. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> so, I could cu- I could see cutting that for She Venom. Yeah, yeah, you probably should have a disguise anyway, and She Venom yeah. seems like the best one because of un- being uncommon. Yep. Marvella is a rare. Ten- she's a rare, but she's a she's ten for three. <gasps> yep, ten th- ten for three with empower. With empower. So there's justifications for that one too, but I think She yep. Venom is probably the best one. Iron Man is like a 10 for 0. 10 for 1, perplex. yeah. Perplex. Yeah, I think it's probably just She-Venom. I mean, Perplex is nice. Like, the other two are good. It's just specifically um, the uh, being uncommon seems actually yeah. quite good Activating for Collector when they... Because it actually everything. doesn't seem that unlikely that Mary Jane is your first thing to die. <laughs> uh, yeah, because if I can actually just activate it whenever I want. Because I can just mastermind to her. Yeah, that's true, actually. If you're if you're facing something with high defense and you're like, I want to hit next turn, Mastermind Mary Jane, she's dead. Yep. Place. Um, if I go into, uh, if I either win map and I have Lockheed, or I go into Deadpool, I have three perplexes. 
mm-hmm. plus the plus one attack, plus if the empower card flips. Um, <laughs> I can actually, my values can get scary. Yeah, for sure. No, I like the team a lot. And it's a lot of fun to play, and that's a very important thing for me. For sure. Um, it's why I won't generally play Thanos, even as like good as he is. He just isn't fun. Yeah, I don't enjoy those. The only tentpole that I've ever enjoyed playing was Witch Queen LeFay because she was just so So many flexible. options. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to do basically whatever you wanted with her. <laughs> it's All like, right. okay, this turn it makes more sense to hypersonic, and this turn I'm charged flurrying, and this turn I'm running shot pulse waving, and she just did a little bit of, every, of everything. <laughs> yeah, the tent, the two tentpoles that I have played on in actual events is Gauntlet Panther, which is a lot of fun because for the same reason he's very flexible. Um, and or full? Uh, the low point. That makes yeah. I I always liked the low point slightly better. Yeah. Did you play full J or did you play 150? I can't remember. I played full at the sealed and then I tried full as well. My first worlds that I ever played in, I played a full point uh, Gauntlet Panther with Darwin. Because <laughs> it was my first world and I didn't know what to play. And they were like, well, we have this stuff. Play this. I'm like, okay. How'd you there we go. Uh, I went one and three. Um, I could have won two of the games if I was just a better player. Uh, at that point, because oh. I'd only been playing a few months. That's fair. Um, I beat a full point Goblin King. Um, nice. How? What? Uh, well, one, I had Darwin. Wow. Um, he yeah, picked that run- And he picked Running Shot Pulse Wave. I'm like, okay, take your damage. And then he Running Shot Pulse Wave my Panther. And I'm like, okay. I'm immune to Pulse Wave. <laughs> and then I turned to my Running Shot Pulse Wave click and Pulse Waved him. That Panther uh, was terrifying for Witch Queen. Because yeah. he was immune to Pulse Wave and had Super Senses. So you, like, couldn't attack him. Because if he ever rolled super senses, you just lost all of your powers. Yeah. Yeah. I played somebody in the top eight of a Michigan regional where I was playing Witch Queen, who was playing that panther, and I just killed everything else on his team, and then just, like, he he took us to some map with, like, super narrow hallways, I forget what map it was, and just, like, sat my lockjaw in between us and was like, okay, uh, good luck killing this lockjaw, I'm just going to sit here for the rest of the game because I can't attack you. Yep. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, and then the other temple that I have played that I enjoyed was uh, Prime Emperor Vulcan. Yeah. Uh, and that's just because he's, he's doing stuff. Like, he's in your face. He wants to be pulse-waving you. He wants to be attacking. Kind of hard to kill, but... Um, yeah, the ones that do stuff are more fun, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Thanos is just kind of, okay, I rolled one drum. I guess I'll pick Mind Control. I guess I'll Mind Control you. And, and Mind Control is an inherently fun power, but the play style of the team is very boring. Yeah, it doesn't having change. the position is, is, is so overrated. Well, and it's every time I watch a Thanos game, the games are exactly the same. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I watched Dan last night. It's why I actually want, I, I wish Dan would just stop streaming the Thanos games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I watched him play last night because I wanted to see if the team played any differently, and my conclusion was that it, it plays exactly the same, mm-hmm. except how tarot cards exist to make it better. Yep. It is really amazing, and and we talked about this in our tarot card episode, which won't have come out very much before this episode, but it's amazing that every time a new set releases, like, the main thing in it is just, I make Thanos better, <laughs> which is just yeah bizarre Luckily, like okay we introduced also... an entirely new mechanic that provides infinite possibilities except all of it is really good for thanos 
Yep. <laughs> now, luckily, the set did also bring a couple of counters to Thanos. Yeah, yeah imagine being around just makes emotional modifier be on more builds, which is nice. Theoretically, Leech is a counter to Thanos. The problem being, if he gets mind controlled, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yep. Um, Muramasa Blade. Yep. Um, Deadpool. Because um, yeah, while Deadpool is a, nice. Deadpool... a soft counter. Yeah, well, the problem with Deadpool is that you're playing against somebody who then is playing Molecule Man, so, yeah. Correct. Um, but then, so, you can't play Deadpool expecting that to be your answer for the whole game. You have to have a game yeah. plan for when when they come forward. Yeah, but it does force them to come forward more than they would otherwise have to still. Correct. So. Yeah. Um, and it is super nice for X-Men because before they had to play Bishop. Uh, I mean, they didn't have to play Bishop. If they wanted to have something that countered Thanos, they had to play Bishop. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And he's just not, like, what you want to be using your prime slot on if you can avoid it. So Deadpool not being a prime and doing a very similar thing is nice. (laughs) Yep. uh, I'm glad that Deadpool exists. Otherwise, Bishop would probably be on my sideline. Um, And then I wouldn't have Destroyer. Yeah, losing Destroyer for Bishop just does not feel good. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. all right. Um, so if a, you guys were, if you guys were going to Worlds, what would you guys be playing? We've talked enough about me going to Worlds. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, or where would I you guys be starting? Yeah. So there's. I, mean, two. I already put up a team on the on the group today. So that one. Well, what Which was is it? Fantastic Four Avengers swap. Oh God, you're gonna make me talk about it. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna be like, what's that's all we had to talk about. No. no, no. Uh, Jay, the people want to hear from you. I technically built a new team. I don't know why, because I prefer to have other people that are better than me do it, but I decided to build this team myself and technically get feedback from Devin and other smart people, but, like, yeah. Uh, So the starting force is Molecule Man and Morgan Le Fay. Uh, So she adds him to Avengers, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sakari and Iron Man swap Captain America at 40. Uh, 60 point swap invisible woman uh and then uh mr fantastic the 30 point super early gets rid of blocking uh and then the most important figure on the team is the 35 point common or i guess starter set wolverine (laughs) Wolverine. (laughs) from the battlegrounds he's very important because he has the avengers and the x and the uh, fantastic four keywords (laughs) and his 35 (laughs) points and that's the only reason that he's here (laughs) that's hilarious he he is the exact right number of points for mr i remember i sent the bill to somebody they're like isn't isn't that wolverine 30 i'm like no wrong wolverine (laughs) so yeah he literally because arguably uh, the other wolverine would be better if it was 35 points. Yep. Yeah. So basically, has the function. <laughs> so there's a cool rules interaction that people don't know about where uh, if you have a figure, if you have a character or game element that's on your sideline, you can only bring it back, back, have it enter or leave the sideline for the same effect. Mm-hmm. But nothing like that applies to your main force characters. So theoretically, you could have like. A fantastic. If, if there was a care, I mean, there are characters who have all swappable keywords, or almost all of them. Uh, but if you have like multiple swap characters, you can use the same pool as long as they all the share. All so the if so, if you send a Fantastic Four keyworded character from your main force to your sideline via the Fantastic Four swap, it could then come back 
with the Avengers swap if it has Avengers keyword. You can just choose oh. which to send it to the sideline of four. Like in one yeah, game, you're, you're trying you're, to do more Fantastic Four characters, so you swap more of them with oh, Fantastic Four swap, okay. and in the other game, you're trying to do more Avengers I was misunderstanding so what the Avengers swap. Yeah, so basically, Invisible Woman is either going to become a Scarlet Witch or a Franklin Richards. Depending on game uh, Depending on what I play against. Uh, Morgan Le Fay is always becoming a Hope Summers. Uh, and then, uh, if I want to switch to Franklin, I need to upgrade on points either way, so Wolverine always goes away. Uh, but if I want, I can have Invisible Woman and Wolverine become a Franklin Lockjaw, and then I have 30 Point Moisture Fantastic with either keywords. He could become anything. Yep. That's all, that, that wasn't the order of how I built the team, but that's kind of how it works out. Yeah. So, ultimately, I end up on... Molecule Man, Sakari with the cloak, Hope Summers, uh, uh, Franklin or Scarlet Witch, and then some good Fantastic Four pieces. Uh, my sideline includes uh, Franklin Richards, Legacy Leech, Legacy Lockjaw, Unpainted Human Torch, High Evolutionary, 30-point Scarlet Witch, 70-point Scarlet Witch, Hope Summers, and The Destroyer. Uh, and then the tarot cards are... Uh, the Flurry card, the Super Strength card, the Mastermind card, the the Perplex card for a plus two, minus two, whatever, and uh, the Fool. Because I like all my effects to be pretty symmetrical, and Perplex is symmetrical. Uh, nobody else is going to have Mastermind unless they're Apocalypse, and then they could already use it for range anyway. Yep. Super the only other person it matter. matters for is like Blackheart. Yeah, and then, like, yes, like, Flurry could, like, help an opposing Sakarian, basically, but it's already only essentially prob if you miss, so... Yeah. yeah it's just I, I'm it's not expecting an opposing... I'm not expecting an opposing Sakarian to miss anyway, so it's negligible at best. Yeah. And I could have up to three charge Flurries in a turn if I do Franklin, uh, Sakarian, and ho- have Hope copy it for some reason, so... Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just any way to get... Sakari and Iron Man, Hope and Franklin on your team at the same time seems pretty good. I had built like unthemed teams with them, and then the other day was just like, wait, there's a bunch of Fantastic Four Avengers characters, and I built basically also this team, except I didn't have Molecule Man because I didn't want to leave Swap Cap on the team, so I just didn't play him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah getting him on theme is nice. He's not terrible. It's Both just I felt like there would be like... better options. Sure. That's the thing about like, that cap. He's not so awful. Good. Yeah, Molecule Man is really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that having Molecule Man on your team probably makes up for having Swap Cap on your team. <laughs> Almost certainly. So, I agree. It seems uh, it seems very good. Yeah, I mean, the goal wasn't specifically to have Hope, Sakarian, and uh, Franklin, but it was more like I intended... When I built it, I intended for Sue to always become... Scarlet Witch, but then I was like, oh, I guess she could also become Franklin herself. So, and and just hope on the team with all the pick a power figures yep. is really yeah. good. And I do think that this team becomes better once uh, more tarot cards are released, Agreed. because right now there are less tarot cards that are good with pick a power. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about, yes, how about you, Devin? Already good. This is definitely going to be one of the less. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, blank decks I played for sure. 
Yeah. Otherwise, more high, more high energy. Yeah. Yeah, like the I mean, psychic blast of energy explosion and stuff. Yeah, I just, I mean, you know, we, if the listeners already listened to the Terra episode, they know that I, I'm very conservative about them. So. Yep. Same. How about you? Yeah, I, I actually would probably you, wouldn't yeah. even play the perplex card in there, Jay. But. I know you wouldn't, but it has coupons, so I have to. Ah, so. got it. <laughs> I don't think it's actively awful or anything. I just it, again, it's only it's only because it's only once per turn. It's equal, so it's like it's totally it's even. Equal. It just yeah gives your opponent an option. Um, now, uh, quite a question actually like that quite. came up with that card. Um, so if I flip it, and then on your turn you use perplex, the perplex is plus two. When the card goes away, it's still a plus two perplex, right? Because it was plus two when it was used. Yeah. Yes. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, so I have two different places where I'd start. Uh, one thing that I'm interested in is no primes, a bunch of pe- sword bearers on my starting force, destroyer on my sideline, X-Men, that tries to end up in something like double maggot Venom Wolverine. Um, yeah. So I haven't actually done a ton of X-Men building because I've just, I know other people are doing enough of it that I feel like, and I'm not playing, <laughs> but I feel like it, there's not too much point in me trying to do all of the swap math and stuff myself. Um, sure. So I don't know exactly how this team actually functions. There may be no swaps that really work, but it'd be nice to end up with like a reasonable taxi peeper, venom Wolverine, double maggot kind of thing. Um, hopefully hope, but, I don't know. There might not be enough points. Depends because you need Jubilee still. You always need Jubilee. Um, I learned a uh, peeper with uh, common magic's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. As a <laughs> yep. You have Venom Magneto. You can maybe have Venom Magneto and common magic on the team where Venom Magneto free TKs her up and then moves to place all of your stuff that you want to carry next to her. And yep. then she carries across the rest of the map. And that's just a super good way of getting your entire team over to them uh, in one yeah. turn fairly easily. Um, one of the nice reasons to have hope there is because she can copy and power on the first turn when you carry over and then later do other good stuff when like uh, maggots get charged and stuff. She can grab that as well. Um, and then you have Venom Wolverine who has Miramasa in this. So you get to hopefully take away defense powers before your maggots uh, have to attack and stuff like that. Um, I think that's the way that I would... I haven't seen a ton of people playing that style of X-Men. Um, and I'm interested to see whether it works. So I would that's what I would be starting at for X-Men. Um, for non-X-Men, I would want to try out uh, something with Mad Jim Jaspers and Scarab because those two figures just work really, really well together. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of ways you can approach it. You can go unthemed or you can go themed. If you're unthemed, it's a ruler. Um, either way, I so, there, so you want something with a 10-point object to swap out. Uh, if you're on ruler, the easiest way to get that done that I've found is play 30 point uncommon magic. She brings you leadership, she brings you a prob, and she brings you a sword. Um, and just like that's been totally fine for me. I haven't felt any need to swap her out or anything, which you obviously can't do on theme. Uh, she's just seemed good. <laughs> yeah. And then what you do is you put uh, the alchemical fire on Scarab himself, and then you put 
the other objects that you want to copy on whoever's standing next to him. So, for example, you can swap her sword out for the lasso. Uh, eventually, if your opponent's hiding effectively, you can swap it down to the Puppet Master Radioactive Clay if you need to, all that kind of stuff, um, because you can't copy the effect of the alchemical the fire. Alchemical fire yep. But if it's on him, it works totally fine. So that's nice. Uh, and on turn one, you swap the sword out for Red Wing, you copy the effect of Red Wing with Scarab, and you just get two Red Wings for free, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> There's that's a lot another, of really great stuff. That's another equipment I was considering with my team, if I had the extra points. Yeah, and uh, on Unthemed, I would play, again, like, I've built a bunch of versions of these, but I've never playtested them, so I'm not going to tell you precise configurations right. because they'll be wrong <laughs> so i'll tell you team cores and uh you can try to figure out the rest of the stuff that goes around it better than i have i'm sure because i just haven't actually spent that much time trying to figure it out um the other thing that i would do is unthemed if i did unthemed i would have a small x-men swap to bring a sword because i still think that's the easiest way to get 10 points and there's a bunch of good stuff you can swap into with x-men um and then just play flashes and commissioner and stuff to to round out the team Yep, makes sense to me. Probably Molecule Man and Bad Jim for more barrier. All that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. It's pretty good. It's a lot and, of free barrier. Yeah, exactly. Which means you get to spend your actions doing stuff like a rookie attack and then Scarab attacks and then Commissioner takes a power action to allow Scarab to attack again. <laughs> yep. There's just a lot of good stuff you can do. And especially when Scarab has alchemical fire, just getting to attack a different target can be extremely relevant even if right. it's not actually dealing much damage um yeah so i'd be interested in trying that out i don't know whether it's incredible but there's everyone's going to be equipped so scarab is going to be attacking so uh you at least almost certainly get to uh, make attacks with scarab right now and uh with alchemical fire they're fairly high impact so those are the two teams i'd be most interested in trying out i think basically any like unthemed mishmash of stuff is pretty good right now <laughs> as long as you're playing good figures um i haven't been super happy with the collector variations that i've tried out i think you've found like the best collector team <laughs> hey thanks because every other one i've needed more things from wonder woman 80 than i'm allowed to put on my team yeah <laughs> i do wish i could play uh, some other characters from wonder woman 80 but i can't <laughs> So the biggest problem for me has been I really on basically every collector team I've really wanted both charge flash and something and to give me so so many things like Commissioner Gordon yeah. for one but also just yeah chip it's I just I want the Green Lantern team ability yep <laughs> and there is Even currently it definitely in, shouldn't be copyable oh definitely not but it is so I, I I would like to be able to play it on my teams because uh, Charge Flash is just the best taxi in the game. And if you're playing like Collector Mad Jim kind of thing, then you get to, uh, you know, carry across the entire map and make a couple of Red Wings or something that are mm -hmm. then like 11 and 2 if you manage to get it to be. Uh, Potentially with like a Maggot on there. Yeah, like there's a lot of really good stuff you can do. Um, I built one uh, that I showed to emily that was just like you could charge across the map and make one like four damage attack with uh at least one four damage attack with uh five damage sorry with flash because you have both peeper and <laughs> mm. uh flash on your team and peeper's so good with flash 
yep. just get to charge ridiculous distances. It's just, it, it seems very, very strong to me as well. So there's a few options, uh, but I wouldn't actually play Collector with that unthemed at the moment because I, I just really want both Chip and Flash on my team. Yep, as much sense. as I would love to play Collector because that plus one damage is really good, especially yep. for Red Wings. <laughs> All right, we have a few questions as well. Awesome. Um, all right, Richard Leo asks, how much of the field will be running Sakari and Iron Man? General tips for newcomers to competitive play and what to expect uh, for differences between playing at an event like Worlds and playing at local game store tournaments. Um, a lot of the field will be running Sakari and Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, it's still probably one of the best, one of if not the best figure in modern for its, yeah. its point costs. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the biggest... Yeah, that hasn't changed. No. The biggest outcome from that is you should probably put Legacy Magneto on your sideline if you're playing X-Men. Agreed. Um, as far as, like, the differences between... Or advice for newcomers... Um, honestly, my, my big advice for newcomers into competitive is don't be afraid. Like, yeah. it's, like, getting into competitive seems scary, and I know it kind of turns a lot of people off. They're like oh, everybody's going to be a dick, or it's, it's going to be, like, hyper-competitive. Um, the Heroclix competitive community, I tell people, is one of the best com competitive communities I've ever been a part of, and I've played a lot of competitive games. Um, everybody's super cool. Um, and Not it's everybody. No, 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 so, no, no. Okay, not, most, not the, most people are super cool, and the people that aren't get weeded out pretty quick. Yeah. Like, the people who aren't, you know they aren't. <laughs> yeah, um, and make like... themselves clear very quickly, yeah. <laughs> and you'll probably lose a bunch, but you just have to be chill with that for a bit. Yep. And most of the time, like, what I did when I was first getting in is, each of my opponents that I lost to, I could tell they were obviously more skilled than me. I would ask them what I did differently, like, what I could have done differently, what I did wrong, where my mistakes mm -hmm. were, and just try to learn from those losses. And I'm always happy to tell people if they ask. I almost never offer it unsolicited because a lot of people don't like to be told immediately after they lose the game what <laughs> yeah. they did wrong. <laughs> yeah, you kind of come off kind of dickish. Yeah. Um, I love telling you what you did wrong after you beat me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and most of the time, like I said, it's not like most of the time, it's not that hyper competitive asshole-ish. People are okay with like, you taking back a, a a move as long as like dice haven't been rolled or the game state hasn't super changed. Um, it's competitive is actually pretty casual. Yeah, make sure you like know all of your characters' effects and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just better if you're not if you don't have to read all of your cards before making don't decisions. Don't worry about your like knowing all of your opponent's stuff. Just make sure you know your stuff. And make sure you ask. Nobody nobody will tell you that you can't know what their team does. One of my first competitive tournaments ever, I played against Lord Lamaris and Mermaids, and I didn't read my opponent's cards. And what Lord Lamaris's do was uh, deal a bunch of damage to anything that kills a mermaid. Um, oh. And uh, I didn't know that, so I just like ran in and hit it, hit a mermaid and killed it, and my opponent was like, you probably should have read Lord Lamaris. And I read it, and I was like, oh, huh, my main attacker's <laughs> dead. Cool. <laughs> I won't do that again. So if there's a figure you don't know what it does, read the card. Make yep. sure you actually do know what it does. Uh, as far as if like, your opponent does try and not let you read their cards, that means that something's wrong. And call, call a judge. A judge. 
Um, and if they it's misrepresent not like, it's not that like a card game does. anime where it's like impolite to ask what the cards do. Yeah, if a char- if a player misrepresents what their character does or just straight up like doesn't tell you something, um, ask about you know changing your course of action with the information being correct or call a judge. Yeah, um, especially if you asked them and they didn't tell you something that was relevant for the action. You're correct. like, okay, do they have energy shield? And your opponent's just like, no. And it's like, but they do have plus two defense from range. It's just not technically energy shield. Yep. <laughs> then, you know. Or if you're like, hey, what powers does this character have? And they say they have combat reflexes. And then you go to attack them with like, I'll roll shape change. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and th- honestly, that's probably the biggest piece of advice. Don't be afraid to call a judge. We cannot hammer that home enough. <laughs> Judges are, one, super cool. I haven't met a judge. That's a lie. I've met one judge that I don't like. Um, but they're all right very... here. Okay, you know I love you. Um, judges are there to help you. They are all really generally cool people, and they're knowledgeable, and they will be impartial. Um, and you will see Anthony Barnstable run from across the convention <laughs> center to to get to your question. And make sure if you're asking judges questions about your team that you remember the answers to those. Um, because like it really is delaying the game if you have to keep asking the same question over and over. So just try to make sure that you as much as possible know what your team does and remember it when you have to ask the answers when you have to ask. If you ask a judge the same question multiple rounds in a row, that that comes off as suspicious of anything. So it can, it can come across as angle shooting. Um, which is especially if, people learn that you like ask a different judge the same question yep. Yep. <laughs> a bunch of times it's like trying to fish for a different answer so and if you don't do agree that. with a judge's call granted you're newer so you probably will but if you don't don't argue in the game accept the accept it or appeal to the head judge and then talk to the judge afterwards yeah because you yeah. don't get you don't generally don't get time extensions so you arguing is just wasting your time and your opponent's time. Absolutely. I mean, unless that's the tactic, in which case. Uh, that's also in which illegal. case you, you then become the dick. <laughs> yeah, the other thing, um, going back to how much of the field will be running Sakari and Iron Man for a second, is uh, I feel like a lot of people treat Sakari and Iron Man as impossible to kill, which he's not. If you hit him for a lot of damage, like twice, he becomes a lot less useful. So you should you, you set uh, him back if you can reset him back to normal state. That's yeah. as especially if you can get rid of both objects. It's basically killing him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you're facing a what like you know ten and three. Ten for two. No. I mean, powers. if they remove both objects, they're probably on the three printed damage. But yeah, ten and uh, three no powers probably. Yeah, that's but fair. It's just he's not very good. So uh, you know. Don't be afraid to hit Sakari and Iron Man with attacks because yep. it's still also be don't be afraid to just like if you have an action that you're not using, just destroy an object. Like yeah. if you or pick it up. Like getting objects off the map is very big. For sure. So that he can't pick them back up again later to restock. Yep. Um all right, next question. Brennan Bova, for how expensive she still is, how viable do you think Scarlet Witch is? Uh she's still very good. Still very good. Yeah. Um I do think that she's probably slightly worse now that Leech exists, just because he does something very similar for a lot yep. less points. Leech, um, the uh, super the precision strike card 
Rotero and the the bone black sword black bone of Andorat. Yeah, there are definitely a lot more answers now, but she's still a lot for 25 points. Like, she's yep. just a good attacker. She sees through stealth. Seven, she has a bunch of support points. powers. Um, yeah, 75 points. And, like, the hex marker is nice, but it's not the only reason she's good. So She gets prop perplex or perplex. She gets one, two of three of the best support powers in the game. Um, yep. Yeah. A little bit I hard to tell it. when she gets to her stop because she tends to have super senses and shape change. And protected outweigh because she has cosmic energy. Right, exactly. Um, I did have it come up uh, yesterday where uh, my opponent had perplex and prob. I revealed the fool. He didn't have perplex and prob anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and had to re-pick powers on his next turn, uh, which he could not do. Yeah, if you're playing uh, Scarlet Witch, one of the things that you should note is um, what the Darkhold actually says. <laughs> Correct. Which is uh, that you're not picking the powers for that turn. You're picking the powers until you choose again. So sitting on like prob, uh, perplex outwit on a turn where you don't think you're going to get to use prob, and then using the outwit on a defensive power, attacking until they're not on that defensive power, and then swapping to prob perplex actually makes her fairly significantly better so yep. <laughs> just or you know you used perplex on somebody's attack that turn you can swap to prob at wit so that the next turn you can use at wit before swapping back all that kind of stuff just uh and think also, about what powers you want to sit on not yep. just what powers you want to use at this particular time and make sure you understand how durations and duration expiration works um because that's also a very important thing with her um along with like the alchemical fire or the uh, emotional modifier um, because if uh, you can't use the equipment anymore, uh, it resets its duration, which means you don't have any of the powers. Not until you pick again. Yep. Which you still can't do with the fool until it gets flipped that down. That was the big You're thing. Is like, so I fooled. I fooled. It went into his turn. He didn't have the powers and couldn't pick new powers. Then it went back into my turn and he didn't have the powers on Scarlet Witch. So I could actually do stuff kind of free around her. Yeah. All right, we, we have a, a question, I assume, specifically for Jay from uh, Simeon Bruce. If a Hope Summers could hope to win, how much hope would a Hope Summers need to hope? I mean, I feel like I, I would bet actual money on Hope Summers making top table at Worlds. So I think that's safe. I think that's safe money. I mean, she won Brad. She won broadcast yesterday, and she was in two out of four broadcast top fours. The week before that. Uh, and Dan was winning games and didn't even know what she did. <laughs> what was he missing? He was he thought they had to be adjacent and could copy any power, not just not not just displayed powers. It, he thought it was displayed. He thought it was displayed and he thought they had to be adjacent. Well, he yeah, said that's... that he he got confused because he was playing against Mimic in the same game. Yeah. So. But yeah, she is she is very good and I think it's safe for her to be on. Uh, save money to have her at top tables at Worlds. Yeah, she's really good with both Sakarian and a bunch of the X-Men stuff, so yep. she'll definitely show up there, and then obviously she's great with Thanos. So She also can just see good play on, on non-theme. Like, mm-hmm. more power suites to pick from. Yeah, assuming you just have reasonable powers for her to take. She's good. 
which most people should probably. Yep. <laughs> and small X-Men swaps are a totally reasonable thing to be doing on Unthemed, mm-hmm. where uh, Hope can definitely show up on like most of those, I'd say. <laughs> yep. All right, that's all of our questions. Anybody have anything else that we want to chat about before we end the episode? Uh, I don't think so. I'm excited for Worlds. If anybody has a GSX uh, G03 Apocalypse, uh, <laughs> the figure that you're looking to get rid of, let me know. It's uh, been kind of difficult to find one of those. <laughs> yeah, at least you can probably borrow one. But uh, Yeah, I have a local guy who's nice willing to lend me one. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope Worlds goes really well. I especially uh, hope that Team Worlds is fun because I always really love Team Worlds when I can make it. Um, Even though we they will. were robbed this year. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Yeah, no, no designer figure. Absolutely robbed. Unbelievable. Especially, like, right as they're changing it to a format that at least arguably rewards skill even more um, by having similar collation by yep. giving out full bricks. Uh, it'd be nice to see that come back because I at least think that uh, Team Worlds is a really, really highly competitive event. Usually, like, 200 people are playing in it, so <laughs> if you can yeah. win a 200-person tournament, I mean, it's, you know, slightly self-serving for me to say this, but <laughs> I think that you... There are generally more players in the team world, the team well. events, than there are the singles. Yeah. Partially because you have to, you've historically had to qualify for singles, whereas you can just sign up for team worlds, but... Yep. Also, a lot of people just really like Sealed. Yep. Sealed is a great format. Especially Team Sealed. Team, is teams is such best. a fun format. If you haven't gotten really to experience is. it, do it. Yeah, and we're going to do uh, a primer episode for Team Sealed this year. Um, there's a couple of things that are important from this set to talk about. I don't know how much like you can genericize Team Sealed as a format. Basically, I think all you can say about it is you should try to build three good teams rather than giving all the best figures to one person. But, like, I'd hope that's reasonably obvious. <laughs> or, or build two, two strong three, teams have and have yeah. your and potentially have your best player play the worst team. Yeah. But we'll go over all of that in more detail in the episode that we actually talk about it in, uh, which hopefully we'll get to record reasonably soon. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that wraps us up for today. Uh, thanks for being on, Jay and Nazareth. Want to thank our patrons who help us not pay out of pocket to host this on Podbean. We have a affiliate link with Podbean in the description if you want to use their services. Uh, we have all the usual social media, most importantly our Facebook page and group. If you want to discuss and uh, get into contact with us, that is the best way. Want to mention some of the affiliates of our show? One of our team members, Rena Adams, has the Happy Little Hero Clicks YouTube channel and Patreon. We have Aries, who has the Dishing Up Clicks Facebook page and Patreon. And uh, definitely use clicksnexus.com and check out uh, Joe's Patreon for that as well. Thanks for listening. Hope you have fun the next time you play Hero Clicks, whether it's competitive or casual.